0: Life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore.
1: We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. Thanks to all of you that responded to episode one of season two. Yeah! Yeah, Pretty cool, cool. I, and, and actually, I I keep having to remind myself that episode one is what just aired. Uh, episode four is what I where my head's at, but <laughs> you know is, it's all relative. We left that
0: behind long it's ago. It's all relative, didn't
1: you? but no, I, but I'm glad it's finally getting watched. Thank you to those of you that yeah, responded. Yeah, yeah. Yes, to the three or four questions we've got. We got like sixty social media questions tonight, which I can't believe we're not and, covering. Um, we're not covering a quarter of those. <laughs> I hate to say it. We're going to cover what we can. Exactly. We're not yeah. going to get there,
0: but I will say Jeff H wrote to me on Facebook, and he said, "Paul." What's up with the hat in episode one? Hey, Jeff, I'm a hat hat. guy. Mm -hmm. I'm a total hat guy. You will find me mostly with a ball cap on. I love baseball caps of everything. I actually bought my dad one for Christmas. And uh, yeah, it it was a hat that I bought in Hawaii. It's a sun hat. I think it's a little bit stylish. And mainly, it keeps the sun off my head because, you know, because of the reason. So Mm -hmm. It, uh,
1: it's either that or loads
0: of scun- sunscreen.
1: Yeah, you th- felt it was vital to have so a hat on long. during the all day of convertibles. I get yeah, that. Because, of course, I went home charred red. Good thing I wear red, because I look like the lobster <laughs> on, on camera. It's fantastic how exactly. that works. Yeah.
0: It's uh, really just for sun, just to keep it off my head. That's that's it.
1: But for those of you that have asked, yes. Uh, I, I want to speak to two questions. I don't have them in front of me as far as who your names are. But but no, you are not going to find uh, reruns of it on Velocity, because we are not a Velocity-owned show. Velocity yes. reruns their stuff uh, every hour on the hour on Almost, no, kidding. You, so our stuff will play first run style and then get a full round of reruns, but you'll only find it at that Saturday morning time. That so was Malfoy on, okay, good. Uh, on Facebook. So there's that question. So you won't see reruns any other time than that Saturday morning, 7, 8, uh, 7.30 in the morning Eastern. And then, of course, it will play through the whole season and the whole season again between now and March. And then right. the other question is, okay, if you don't have Velocity, fear not. It is going to be available online uh, fairly soon, actually a few weeks from now, we're going to start releasing it online platform to be determined. Uh, but that is going to come for yes. rental or for buy uh, typical download stuff. Uh, but then of course it will also follow even farther out from that slowly out to YouTube. So you'll have your option right. of how you want to consume it.
0: Right. Agreed. Well, there was uh, a response to, um, the, the conversation about Amazon's Alexa from, mm. uh, from last podcast. And, um, I wanted to just address that briefly. I'm uh looking up the email here and that was from uh Mike D mm-hmm. yeah. wrote to us on uh TV at gmail dot com yeah. where we asked yeah. for car debates. So he wrote in and talking about, if you want to get our podcast on Alexa, on mm-hmm. uh, Amazon Echo, what you need to do is install a skill. And so what he discovered, if you install any pod yeah, I read that as a skill, that's cool. then Alexa will find us. Thank you for sending that in. And he sent a link to CNET. There's instructions on
1: CNET.com on how to do that. So yeah, Mike, cool. thank you so much for writing in. Good, good, good. So you can stand in your kitchen and yell at Alexa to find Everyday Driver. And pretty something much. apparently comes up, which is pretty cool. <laughs> I, you know, Hopefully it's us. But, I, I uh, never imagined I'd live in a world where somebody could ask for me by name in their kitchen, and there I am. That's that's a little creepy, actually, but I'm glad that that's possible. Worldwide, yes. which is great. There you go. Here you go.
0: <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for joining us once again. We are back with a couple of really long debates, mm-hmm. lots of words. And mm-hmm. uh, Stephanie, thank you so much for writing in. Yes. Stephanie is in Sudbury, Ontario, and I admit I had to Google Map it to find mm-hmm. where it was. Agreed. She is uh I'll read this headline up front. Yes. She is a fast driving new-to-the-film-industry girl who reads comic books in evening wear and likes nice <laughs> things but doesn't have much money. She's like cur- all of this. She's currently seeking a four-door automatic transmission sedan. For nice that- <laughs> walks on the beach? <laughs> exactly. Okay, sorry. That she can feel good about buying but instead wastes our time by being indecisive, neurotic, overly verbose,
1: and far too focused on clever nicknames. And, Stephanie, to your credit, okay, uh, two things I want to call, that, call you out on. First off, I, I do want to have to say this, this may be the longest email ever. Yes. Um, and agreed. I want to refer that to the two-scroll rule. I want to come back to that. But also, yes, you had an amazing number of clever nicknames for every car you've ever driven. Not the ones you've owned, mind you. Like all the cars you've driven got <laughs> right. clever nicknames. Uh, you only adhere to the two-scroll rule if – you know how you can go to the touchpad and you can like do the the wrist flick and sure. it scrolls like and on it its spins. own. It like spins through pages and pages and pages and then finally stops. Two of those scrolls get you through Stephanie's email. <laughs> exactly. It's like a slot machine at a casino that just kept rolling over. It's amazing. She's thirty-one. She uh, she actually is just now getting to buying her first car for herself. Yes. So she calls it her first car, but then she kind of gives us the the full history, and she's driven many things from family, from friends, and and actually from work even, and she's had a lot of various jobs, but has kind of fallen into, congratulations, kind of fallen into a dream job. Doing costuming for television because, of course, a lot of stuff is shot in in the Ontario area now. And she used to work at a clothing store, and the cost one of the costume people for this clothing store. She got to know this person, and now she has a job.
0: Yeah, such Working a cool story
1: in, in Hollywood by way of Ontario, which is really cool.
0: Were you aware of this? Northern Ontario being oh, yeah. kind of a film hotspot. I mean, Canada, there's various. There's Alabama. There's Louisiana. Well, but see, what else?
1: But see Canada started the rush in the nineties. Oh, what happened okay. is, in the nineties, Canada started offering massive incentives. And that's been the model that all the states in the U.S. have used for their incentives. It's kind of the Canadian model. Interesting. So there was tons of production that moved in the 90s. And what's interesting about all of it that that Canada does specifically is, and not all the states have done this, but what Canada started doing is an apprentice program where if you moved, I'll just stay in post-production because that's my my longest history. If you took your TV or film editor to Canada, Mm -hmm. from L.A. to Canada, he's an American citizen, he's going to work in Canada as a film editor. Great. Fine. We have no problem with that. Bring your American editor. He can bring an American editorial assistant, but you are required to hire a Canadian editorial assistant as well. Really? So they were building an apprentice program at all of the major areas where you kept having to hire a Canadian with the same skill to flesh out the team. As a result, in four or five years of that, you've got people with massive experience in Canada, and that's how they built their film world, which is very solid. The problem with a lot of the states that have got incentives, some are exceptions and some have great crews. Mm -hmm. Some Mm -hmm. have never been near a set before, and all the the industry has is incentives. And the problem is it's really hard to find good people in those places. So Canada solved that problem. Atlanta's got, got tons of work going on here now with a very similar model.
0: Hmm, interesting. Well, Stephanie is on a show that has been renewed for 40-plus more episodes... Stephanie, do tell inquiring minds want to know, what is this show? I'm so curious to know what it is. I mean, I don't know if it would play in the States or if it's worldwide or just what. I'm sure I'm, it's a I, reality show. I'm and actually got, yeah. curious to know yeah. what it is. So she is on this show now, and she's got a hiatus uh, coming up. And so she's turned her attention to car buying at this mm-hmm, point. Mm-hmm. She likes to do a lot of research for whatever it is, the object, the product, whatever it is, it's in her life. Mm-hmm. She likes to do a lot of research, hence the long email. I liked some of the car names. To be honest, she had a pickup oh, yeah. truck
1: named Truck Norris. Uh huh. Well, yeah. the the champagne colored uh, falling apart Camry called car- Cardvark. Yes, that was pretty yes, good that's too. A, that's good. Hey, honestly, Stephanie, you made me laugh a couple times in this, which is good because it is a tome. So it's good that I'm laughing. <laughs> no, no uh, kidding. Yeah, there's a lot going on here. But but the, the great thing is this has has been your first like real job with real money an opportunity. And so you're you're looking at kind of a whole new section of your life. Congratulations to you on this. And the car is part of it. But one of the things that's interesting in this whole email, I don't know if you noticed this, this is a large car desire here. Yeah, We're not not shopping for little hatchbacks. Agreed. We're shopping for something that, I mean, one of the things she's loved about the car she's had uh, or had access to is kind of the bigger, the better and Mm -hmm. kind of the more friends and stuff and let's go take a trip and that's a big part of this yeah definitely so we're not we're not shopping for little tiny hatchbacks yeah that's that's uh really definitely something
0: we got to keep in mind here and she says that her mom has always told her she's got champagne taste on a beer budget that's funny my mom told me the exact same thing she (laughs) always wondered why i gravitated towards stuff and I couldn't explain it, but I I get it. She says here that Aston Martin, as a general brand, has always been her (laughs) ideal car aesthetic, but she's into the tech thing, too, so she loves Teslas. She likes all kinds of stuff, from vintage Hollywood glamour all the way up to sci-fi and fantasy and comic book stuff, and so she just is going with eclectic. Got it. Like it. So this is interesting. Now, she set aside about 3,000 Canadian that she can put put towards a car, and I'm guessing that's a down payment because she mm-hmm. also mentioned this twenty-five thousand dollar low interest line of credit that she's got lined up as well. Yeah. So I think we're looking in the twenty twenty five thousand range convenient as well
1: to be able to go after her and it has to be a four-door sedan. Mm-hmm. And the and the other part of this is I mean that's that's the total I mean talk about a poll limiter. That is the total amount of money we have available. Right. But I also right. get the sense that this that, that what she'd like to do is if she could if she could be happy for less bonus.
0: I get that idea, too. I mean, she's saying, you know, keep it as low as possible because, you know, now that she's out of debt. Hey, let's jump right back into it. I get yeah. it. Oh, and yeah, yeah. I'm not going to mm-hmm. tease you too much. Maybe a tiny bit. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. So, again, back to the four-door sedan thing. She does say she's not fond of hatchbacks. She wants mm-hmm. a trunk. Mm-hmm. And her neighborhood that she's in now, she says, is a bit sketchy. So she has to keep some things in that trunk overnight and that means they can't be visible through a window like yep. a hatchback. Yep. So that's important to take in, into consideration here because she also just prefers the look of a sedan, too. She likes four doors because she likes road trips. She also has a black lab. There's the twist. Mm-hmm. So she's got the dog in her life. And uh, she likes stick. She can drive it. But she'd prefer an automatic just because if somebody needs to take over the driving duties, somebody totally. else can, which totally. is fine. Wow, this this gets really long into the here's what she needs. Winter, 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 and construction are the seasons.
1: I love that. The four Hilarious. seasons we have here are winter, 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 and construction. Yes.
0: <laughs> and they're also a mining town. So that means the main roads are routinely driven on by the huge monstrous trucks that cause structural damage. I'm also guessing they kick up rocks mm-hmm. and could possibly cause glass damage too. Sure, why not? Something to let's keep just, in Let's just have it all there. Yeah potholes nothing too low to the ground and um she does drive a lot of you know during the workday she does a lot of driving around Mm -hmm. so you know she also spends a ton of time in parking lots everything is parked Wow,
1: there's a lot going on here. There's, there's, this is, this is, this fire hose of information here. Oh, get it? Yeah, uh, I, I feel like I know Stephanie. I feel like Stephanie and I are friends. <laughs> no I feel kidding. like we go to coffee every week. This, this is an involved email. It's great, honestly, Stephanie. It's great, but it is, and, and by your own admission, the reason that we read that headline up front is because you got done with your mom's email and went. Let me sum up. It gave us that headline because you knew exactly. how massive it was going to be. So um, one of the things I found interesting in here is she's driven a lot of cars for work mm-hmm. because, of course, you're on set and you get – and sure. she's costume department. Costume department is running around. I'm get, I'm, That's the wrong I size. It. I just That's have no wrong experience color. with the I mean, costume department. You know, th- th- somebody go get me this in a different color. Oh crap! We need that in four sizes. I need three of that because we're going to wreck it today.
0: And you are out of here because you got to go. Somebody's got to go source that. that, that right this. right yeah. this minute. Yeah. So
1: she's had a lot of cars for work, and she's broken all of those down. Almost all of those also have uh, nicknames. Uh, but <laughs> one of the ones that, that she really was struck by this fascinated me. It was the Dodge Charger. Mm-hmm. She loved it. I'm fascinated by this too. This is a big
0: car. It's a big car. But it sounds like it would work pretty well on the roads she described. It's a robust automobile, let's put it that way. Absolutely. With a gigantic trunk Mm -hmm. full of costumes and stuff and rubber masks and what else?
1: Or her four best friends and a bunch of gear. True. Going on a road trip. True. I, I actually think. Stephanie, I think that that is one that really you should take a serious look at. I mean staying under your budget of I'm going to try to stay under twenty, 20 grand Canadian. You can find them. there's not a lot of them under twenty grand. I did look around a little bit. Uh, they are going to be high miles, mm-hmm. but you liked that car, and it does check every box for you and But then when you talked about your short list, your personal shortlist, that didn't come back up, and I thought, wait, 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 hang on, at least go look. At mm-hmm. that charger, because sure. it struck you so much driving it around for for production, that I think you should look again. The one you put on as your your personal favorite so far is the Infiniti G thirty seven X. So that's the all wheel drive. Uh, what became the Q fifty. Mm-hmm. So it's the four door. It's the three series from Infiniti. Let sorry. Let me just let me just cut through the nomenclature of Pretty Infiniti much. for the moment. It's it's Infiniti's three series. It's equipment.
0: always a handy thing to do that. Cut through just, any Infiniti nomenclature is just, always a good yeah.
1: idea. It's got an infinity badge on it. Mm It's 3 Series size. We're done. She likes that in the G37X, which is the all-wheel drive. I do think that is a really good contender, and that guides me a little further. Decent interior, decent tech. That's a solid car. Will run. good, Good and reliable. I like that and the Charger. I've got a couple others as well.
0: Yeah, I've got a couple others too, Stephanie. And something that caught my eye in your email here was that any road trips that you do to a major city are a minimum 400 kilometers away, which means it's a pretty good drive. Yep. And she could potentially get called for work opportunities anywhere in northern Ontario. Yep. Maybe yep. it's just a daily film shoot, but it sounds like once work kicks back in, you'll kind of be back, in, you know, back to doing what Todd described here. So this is on my mind. And then you mentioned after you talked about the G37X that you don't have an Infinity dealership near you. So I found myself researching dealerships in Northern Ontario as to what would be close and what would be easy.
1: This is what's this great about the show. In. This is what's great about the show. We There are Google searches that you and I do that we would never come across ever, ever. in our life otherwise other than doing the show. I love that. So get this. I started out with, of course, Subaru.
0: And I quickly moved on from that because even though your budget fits that, I don't think that's the interior that you're looking for. After you mentioned tech, and your love for the aesthetic of Aston Martins, I had to move on from Subarus. It seems like the gimme, right? Subaru WRX, you're fine, but that's mm-hmm. not for Stephanie. I really mm-hmm. think that's I see not that. the case. I see that. Plus, I honestly don't, honestly don't know if it's big enough. Possibly not. I think yes. it's borderline. It's very borderline. So I moved on to finding Lexus of Barrie mm. in northern Ontario. There is a Lexus dealer there. Because I was thinking initially Audi... I went shopping for Audis at the Lexus dealer okay. in Barrie and Sure that makes sense. Actually I found you a 2012 Audi A5 manual transmission for just under 23. Okay. Now I realize it's an A5 yeah. but I was thinking A4 for you mm-hmm. even though I again despite the size mm-hmm. it it could work it could not I could go either way on I that I see that. I see that. I'm thinking an Audi A4 2.0 for something that fits your budget, there's a mm-hmm. load of those cars around. You've got an Audi dealer there in Barrie, not sure, too far sure. away from you. But then my other car is a Lexus IS250 all-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. Both the Lexus and Audi dealers are near. Lexus is selling Audis now. Sure, why well, not? Everything yeah. is upside down. But I, I really was thinking those two cars, the A4 and the IS250 for you. I like that too. I, I'm Honestly, I'm all about the A4. I think it would be very unique Having a dealer nearby is good, but again, maintenance might be more expensive on that car, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that is a consideration, but I challenge you to go drive both of those, have a road trip down to Barrie,
1: and uh, check it out. I'm, I'm interested I think that's, in those four. I think that's awesome. I had the IS as well. In fact, Did I kind you? of broke down the IS, because you could go first gen for almost no money at all. Well, that's true. The original like IS, IS 300, 300. Yeah. the original one with the clock gauges and right. the inline six, and that's a cool car. It is. So it if is. you can find one there, I mean... That when every time I see one now, I'm still thinking, that's a really cool car. The, yeah, the, the net, that's, like, that's, that's like the first gen. It's the small. Second, it's small. It is. Small. I, I, I think it may be too small. Yeah. The second gen, I never liked any version of that I drove. The ISF got close, but I just never sure. found the second gen to be as dynamic as I wanted. That, that one, to me, lived up to the Lexus Perception.
0: Mm-hmm. But not compelling as a car, a driver's car. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Reliable, works, get it, but just, just don't care. Sure. Uh, the ISF got close, but it was a better engine than it was a car. We've talked about that before on the podcast. So then the current gen, mm-hmm. if the the better the engine you can go, awesome, Stephanie. See if you can get the 350. If you can find one for that money, even better. If you can get the F Sport, even if you can get the 250 F Sport, that'd be cool, actually. The dynamics are far better, and that's a that's a car I think you would genuinely enjoy driving. It's a great place to be. I actually really like the IS for this. Can the F-Sport come with all-wheel drive?
0: Does, are a mutually question. exclusive? I don't know. I don't know. Sorry. So I'd, I, I'd I, love you to be in the F-Sport too, I'm Stephanie. pretty
1: sure you can. I think it's a box check. I, th- I don't think it's that that rare. But can you find one is the harder question. Right. So I, I think the IS is a really good contender, especially because you're already looking at the Infiniti, which I think is a strong contender too. Mm-hmm. I think you need to drive the Lexus as a comparison for sure. Stephanie, another idea that struck me is a road trip
0: to Toronto. Toronto is large, of course, in terms of having car availability. Find something there and then drive it back, and then you've got dealerships nearby that can do the servicing, of course. So that was my headspace. Even if you have to take the road trip all the way down to Toronto – it might be worth it just to find the car. Because if you go to those dealerships in Barrie and say, hey, I'm looking for this car, it might take too long. They might mark it up too high. You could do better going to a large city, find your car, drive it back. Oh, I think she has to
1: shop away from from home. I think that's very likely. I had one more that I wanted to mention. I mean, I've already covered... The Infinity, the Lexus, the Dodge Charger, but I had one more I thought of. Oh, really? Okay. Do you have any others? In, in- those are my two. Okay, I'm sticking with those. I I think if we're talking about these cars, one you're going to probably overlook and you shouldn't is the Acura TL. It's a good one, you're right? If you want to spend you know ten, twelve thousand, you could get the O four to 8 which we both love. Yeah, yeah, but sure. you can get the beginning of the, I'm sorry, another way to call it, the beak generation. It's actually the fourth gen mm. but it has the chrome beak on it. That doesn't have rhinoplasty. Yeah, exactly. But you can get, start getting the beginning of that, but you can get the super handling all-wheel drive on that super duper handy which honestly dynamically i remember driving that car in spite of its looks really early on and was incredibly <laughs> impressed with the dynamics when you're driving it you don't have to look at this it true. everybody else is gagging but well, you're fine there were a lot of people that did there, there was actually i think it was actually a kit there was like a a vinyl kit where you could make the beak really <laughs> you could make the beak body color and then, that then it helps. blended and then it blended pretty well i actually remember seeing some black ones early on where they'd made the beak black as well and it looked great or you could just do like a 11 mile an hour crash
0: into the nearest concrete wall and that would improve it too Terrible. just, just a light crash just below of...
1: little level of the airbags it just reshaped exactly. the car that's just, that's just terrible no. restyle everybody wants to be but a designer it's, but it's a a, you know, but here, everybody wants to be a designer <laughs> how hard could this be yeah anyway yeah, low speed crash I fixed it it's fixed just yeah. under
0: the airbag sensor deployment level
1: so that's terrible. what do you think but no, seriously. If you got if you got the uh, the current gen, and, and, and it's a love it or hate it styling. Some people it, it, they're fine with it. So take a look at it. But seriously, the super handling all wheel drive. I'm looking at one right here. Super handling all wheel drive with the tech pack, fifty thousand kilometers for nineteen thousand. Did you really?
0: Fantastic.
1: And it's a black one. And I actually like the black ones. I think they look like halfway decent. That's that's one example. I've got others here in front of me. Same kind of thing. with s with sixteen seventeen thousand. Canadian dollars that's not bad at all mm. so the problem with things like the charge and all that I'm worried about you being very high miles the thing about Acura's is they fly so under the radar for most shoppers that there's not a I don't find there's a whole lot of market for them used so the prices sure. are typically really good yeah and okay. there's a lot of tech the super handling all-wheel drive I'm going to say it how many more times can I say it is really superb um so I think you would really enjoy that if you went with the old one the 04 to 08 it's surprisingly advanced in its tech, with one exception. They all came with tape decks. So take the tape deck out, put in a normal stereo with Bluetooth. <laughs> I love that you know this. It, it's absurd. I love that. But I but I but I couldn't believe that in 08 Acura was just just bold faced selling you a car with a tape deck. I was like, It is two thousand eight now. It's like thirty years too late. And in the same car, but here's the thing, that was the same car that had their really advanced navigation that before anybody else was doing it was able to reroute you in traffic around traffic problems. So the same car is doing that (laughs) and offering you a tape deck. And I thought, what world are we in here? So fix that. But I think that TL takes a serious look, Stephanie. Hopefully somewhere in here you found something that's helpful. And we just love that you found the podcast and have this this cool opportunity.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Well, that kind of thinking is much along the lines of the first generation Prius having drum brakes in the rear. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think the second one did, too. It's just sort of like those wheels back there. They just hold the back end of the car All off the do. ground. They're
1: props, essentially. It's, really? That's the automotive <laughs> equivalent of a crutch. That's <laughs> pretty much what it is, yeah. <laughs> Stephanie, thank you again. We're
0: really excited to hear what you end up getting. Please write back. Not quite as many words, maybe, but um, we're definitely <laughs> interested in hearing.
1: And, and whatever car you get, we know you're going to give it a nickname. At least share that with us because oh, it's going yes. to have a hysterical nickname. So we'd love to hear that for and sure. And what's the show?
0: I got to know. I'm, I'm so curious. I am curious
1: as well. Yeah, for sure. All right, Stephanie. Thanks
0: again. We are going to take a break early because we've got so many questions on the back end to get to. Yeah. So here we go. Advertisements are coming at you.
1: When you're looking to buy a car, you want to make sure you're getting real price on actual inventory. There's nothing worse than getting there and they go, Well, we don't have that actual car you looked up. So, a lot of times that's not the case, but with True Car, it is the case. You can configure a car online, use a True Car certified dealer. The pricing that you get is on actual inventory. There is a car that backs up that price. There are over 13,000 True Car certified dealers
0: nationwide, and True Car users are more likely to enjoy a faster buying process when they connect with these true car certified dealers and plus true car users save an average
1: of over 3000 off MSRP. Don't get me wrong. This is not true car says we think the price is this. No, the true car certified dealer says this is the price for the car. True car is the conduit. So you want to work directly with true car, go to true car and buy the car you want. Hey all let's talk a little bit about Amsoil. You know why we like Amsoil
0: so much because they're a bunch of car people. They're gearheads. They're into all kinds of motorsports and power sports, and they get it. You know, recently, Amsoil created a guide containing information about how to increase horsepower in your vehicle. It's got insider tips from some of the best in the business on how to coax more power out of your engine. You can get your
1: free copy at amsoil.com driver. That's right. There's a code connected to this show, amsoil.com driver. While you're there, you can find out about all of AMSOIL's products. Remember, they've got their AMSOIL Signature Series Synthetic Motor Oil. It says it delivers 75% more engine protection against horsepower loss than what's required. Now, I'm not a guy that tests these things, but these tests exist, and that's the stat. Remember, go to AMSOIL.com driver to get your free insider's guide to increasing horsepower. You can do that right now. Let me tell you about Pete, who loved hockey and always wanted to play in the NHL. Pete played since he was three and begged his mom to let him stay on the ice. Why, some nights, he even slept in his hockey skates. Pete practiced and practiced until one day, when he was 47, Pete realized he just wasn't that good. So he threw his skates in the trash. But then he heard how GEICO, proud partner of the NHL, could save him money on car insurance. So he switched and saved a
0: bunch. So it all worked out. Everybody's got a to-do list. You know, drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on
1: car insurance to that list. And the good thing is, you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you do is go to GEICO.com and in 15 minutes you could be saving 15% on your car insurance or maybe even more. Got extra money in your pocket? This just may be the
0: most rewarding thing you do today. We are back with the second debate with Scott D. in Minneapolis, Minnesota. By the way, I was born in Minneapolis. We've heard this. story. Not that we have yeah. to, you know, swap stories of which hospital around the world we were born in, but anyway. <laughs> Is that a thing? I don't know. I didn't know that was a thing. I'm okay. making it a thing. All right. Scott, thank you so much for writing in. We are really appreciative. Scott has an interesting story because he's got a four-car garage. He's not your average enthusiast, but mm-hmm. maybe he
1: is, but he's got this extra thing that he can do with. That's the thing. He's, he's I think in many ways he is the average enthusiast because the cars he has in there so far, it's not like he has wickedly expensive cars in there. But he's actually looking at four spaces and going, I got the space. Let's fill it. Must fill the space.
0: All right. So he's in Minneapolis. As I said, he gets cold and hostile in the winter. Mm-hmm. We, we know about that a little bit. He's got an approximate two-mile round-trip commute. His girlfriend takes the bus because they ri- live right off the bus line. Yeah. Get this. With a garage full, they own all their cars. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. no payments. Mm-hmm. Keep that in mind. And here we go with the current stable in the garage. He's got an 05 E46 M3 6-speed. This is the baby that he bought for his 30th birthday this year. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Beautiful car.
1: It's, it's the all-time dream car. And he's got it. Yeah.
0: 62,000
1: miles. He's still in
0: precious mode, which I get. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. really do get. He hesitates to track this car because it's so clean, But even though he knows it'll take it. But sure. consumables, all yeah. that kind of stuff, yeah. which I can definitely relate to. His girlfriend has an 05 Outback, Super Outback 3.0. So this is the all-weather mm-hmm. beater, utility mobile, maybe tow a few things, mm-hmm. kind of bomb around in Minneapolis. Then he's also got... A Mercedes 300 SL from 1991. Yeah. Crazy. So yeah. he bought this because it's a rare roadster that he can fit in. Mm-hmm. And speaking of fit, he is six foot six with a 34 inch inseam. Yep. So this is something that I, I keep thinking of cars and then I keep coming back to and this that keeps six foot six thing. Yeah. Like,
1: oh, that keeps killing me. For fit. sure. For Dang sure. It. Yeah.
0: And then finally, a 1971 Honda CL-175 motorcycle that he is currently rebuilding with his dad. Which is very cool. Love that. This is awesome. All right. So um, what he's kind of looking for is uh, a few different things here. Mm-hmm. The budget could depend on if the M3 and the Outback stay on. He's thinking about keeping things to a $15,000, $20,000 maximum for a fun car.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Or what if we threw everything
1: out? It, maybe not the M three. Keep the M three. right? I think the M three has to stay. It I has think it's to, to stay. stay. Just got but, it. But he's but he's being flexible enough with. Look, I have a four car garage. I have a little bit of money. What should I do? Which is which is a scary question <laughs> to ask us, by the way. Right. You wrote uh, because, into yeah, the wrong. Guys. Yeah. Seriously, we're gonna we're gonna recommend Compliance. all kinds of terrible things. But uh, but no, there, the, he has some flexibility here, which is cool. I do want to note right out front that he has he has actually noted that he drove, and so we can't say at the nine nine six and nine nine seven. Uh, 911s, the Miata, the S2000, and the Z3, all of those cars are laughably too small for him. Darn it. Which takes tons of things off the table. Yeah. And, and, and it takes it takes associated cars off the table with it. That's the other thing about it. Right, right. Like um,
0: Cayman's, 944s, other things that he lists here. He has given us a long list of ideas, which I think we should go through and kind of break down a little okay, bit. okay. He also has had in his past, his car history includes a 2016 WRX limited six speed. He had it mm-hmm. for a couple of years. Said not worth the car payment to use for daily driver. Pretty rough ride. Kind of depends on who you are, yeah. I think. Uh, 1991 318 IS that he misses dearly. And he's actually kind of looking to replace it. He sold it because he was street parking three old German cars and his neighbors simply weren't having it. <laughs> So, two months after he sold it, he bought the house. Yeah. Uh, More BMWs on the list here. 1998 528i Sport with a Mm five-speed. He loved it. But then, north of 150,000 miles, that's when BMWs really start Mm -hmm. nickel and diming you. So, you're a BMW guy, clearly. I love that you own the Mercedes, the random Mercedes thrown in there, too. So, there's a bunch of different options that we can have. But I do think, ultimately... I think the M3 and the Outback sh- should stay. I mean, they kind of serve their purpose, and they're
1: dialed, mm-hmm. especially they're paid for. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing. Totally agree. I love yeah. that part here. Nope. I-, I agree. I mean, my-, my thinking on this is definitely that the M3 and the Outback stay. The Outback is a utility car. Yeah. The non-precious utility yeah. car. The M3 is the dream car, and it's pristine, and it's just like you always wanted. Okay, fine. That puts the Mercedes in play for me.
2: I've right. got I've
1: got two cars to recommend here, okay. and I've got or two garage slots to fill, and I've got some options <laughs> nice. on those because I think because what I'm what I'm trying to solve here is a couple of things specifically for Scott if he's got the dream car drive when I feel special about it that's the M three yeah maybe I track it maybe I don't but it's just that's the car I drive when it's just I can't believe I own this car right right we have the Outback which is the utility car. The The weather's terrible. I have to haul stuff, whatever, and it works, and it runs, and we don't have to be precious about it True. At all. That's solved. True. We need a car to track. <laughs> Yikes. Or autocross, because he says he wants to do that, but, he yeah. but he's worried about the M3. So we need a car to track, to autocross. We don't have to be precious about it, and we can beat on.
0: And then another garage and we, need, slot. and we need
1: a car, theoretically, that's a convertible, because he likes convertibles. That is the cruiser convertible. Sure. And theoretically, one of those two cars should be able to maybe do... The occasional bad weather day. If his wife needs the outback and he needs to go somewhere and the weather's out bad out, how do we solve this? And I think I've done both.
0: Okay. I'm really curious. I've got some suggestions, but Scott's already alluded
1: to some of these in the email. So I'm really curious to see where you went. Well, let's see. Uh, you want me to just dive in then? Dive in. Okay. Let's hear right. it. So, okay, we're selling the Merck. Because just because it's older and because you've also talked – here's the other thing. The other twist here. You said you'd love to go like classic like really classic and have something you could maybe wrench on a little bit. There's so many layers to this. Yes. Did you see about this uh,
0: Mercedes thing? He said,
1: I'm strongly considering
0: another R129, which is the, if you know those early Mercedes, he's thinking about a V12 Mercedes SL. I'm going to say run away from the V12. Honestly, (laughs) you think light wrenching? No, no. (laughs) This this might be I'm stuck. And you haul the flatbed, flatbed the car to your local mechanic
1: and Maybe. Yeah, that could be a real problem Maybe for sure. You'll for find sure. A nice one, but eh, but in the midst we'll of all this we'll is see. a desire for something possibly vintage, which makes it interesting as well. One of the things I have to come up with. I'm going to, again, I'm going to try to solve the uh, autocross okay. and a convertible and something that also could possibly do winter duty. You mentioned in passing that you got in the '86 platform and were pleasantly surprised that you can fit. So,
2: <laughs> interesting. I have to
1: say, you have to go there. If you can fit in the BRZ FRS, if you can actually fit in that, then that is a car you must buy for a couple of reasons. One, it can do double duty in two of the problems here. When you want to autocross, you want to track, just go drive that car into the earth. It doesn't matter. You can be precious with the M3. You can beat on the 86 and never worry about it. Consumables will be far less than they'd ever be for the BMW. Stuff's just going to be cheap. Mm -hmm. And if it breaks, you're breaking a Toyota but True. here's the thing: True. buy yourself some winter tires. Oh, because very much then, so. yeah. pl- First off, you have to buy decent tires for summer. Uh, that's an obvious, but because those stock ones, ugh. anyway. Uh, <laughs> actually, we just got it. We just got it right. Somebody wrote in tonight and said they put their winter tires on their on their on their. I FRS, saw that, and it handled better than it did with the summer eco tires on it. That's how bad those stock tires are.
0: But it speaks to the difference. It's it such does. a great thing to show but, difference. But the reason I'm Love saying that.
1: get winter tires for this so that this becomes your car that if the weather's bad outside and the outback has to go somewhere, this is the car that does double duty. Mm-hmm, right? Because it doesn't have to be precious, you can, you can cross it and you can drive it in a snowstorm. I have done both, so that's why I highly recommend that. That leaves us with the convertible slot to fill. Yes. And I have two thoughts. First off, what about an S5 convertible, Audi S5 convertible? You've gone much more modern, it's pretty total good. S5 that, that had the V8 in it. That's or, right. Or, or, or the, the, earlier three, cars or the 3 liter, depending upon which one. Either one, it's got plenty of power. It's well over 300 horsepower. The V8's close to 4, if memory serves. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. That's just a car that's... 70s, something like that. That's a car that's just fun. Just, just fun for what you want. It's the, it's the GT car convertible, which is kind of what the Mercedes is. It gets you into a totally different feel if you want to stay more modern. But then I had a wild card epiphany. Okay. You're going to be shocked. I've okay. never recommended okay. these cars Uh-oh. on the podcast. I'm excited. I've done convertible, I've done tall guy car, and I've done classic. Okay. Okay. So 86 is in one slot. I'm solving convertible, classic, tall guy car. Okay. Two cars I almost guarantee you'll fit in the Datsun Roadster. Datsun the, Roadster? Yes. Remember like that car 1970, we drove? 1970? Kinda... The Datsun Roadster we drove, you remember? Oh, yes. The Datsun oh Roadster. Gosh. And the MG MGB. The reason I say this is twofold. Wow! They're bo- I've never recommended either one. They're no. both classic cars, so you can get the classic car wrenching thing. They are classic in every experience, as far as just hyper analog and rattly and all that stuff that can be either great or terrible depending upon how your car is set up. They're both those things. But the guy that owned the Datsun Roadster that we drove is six 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 seven, six seven. That's right. I forgot. And I had an, uh, a friend. I had a friend's MGB. In my possession for about ten days this summer. That's right. And the guy that drives that is six foot seven, and we put him in the passenger seat of my Lotus as a joke. Passenger seat, mind you, no, no. Uh, Did you really? No steering wheel. Okay. With the top off, by the way.
0: Okay. So it had
1: the, had the target piece off. Put him in that. Took us two of us to pull him out of the Lotus. Six seven, but he fits in the in the MGB to the point that when I got in it to drive it for and move it around, I had to move the seat up two clicks. Really. So I'm telling you, that car, classic, room, all of the above. And I'm talking about the top closed. So those are my wild cards for you. But, Scott, I think I filled your garage, and I'm stopping there. Wow. Very nice. I like those
0: choices. There's some cars on here that Scott already alluded to that I want to come back to. And first of all, it's the E36 BMW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The E36 M3, which I like that choice because apparently they're pretty inexpensive. I mean, from four to ten thousand dollars, depending they can on be quite yeah what you get. But that means you've got two generations back to back of the M3. That's not weird. It's just a little weird, I guess. But you really like M3, so you have you're two just, generations in a row. You're
1: flaunting your colors, is what you're doing at that point. Maybe. By so. the way, I like BMW. I mean, yeah. that
0: could be the the wrench kind of thing because I understand that those are the not necessarily easiest, but they're they're still okay in terms of price, you know buying. they accessible for that car. Yeah. Accessibility, yeah. but, you know, the cost of the parts mm-hmm. and then doing it yourself. So I, I kind of am gravitating towards that. But what I liked was this discussion of the C4, C5 Corvette, Okay. which, of course, led me to searching for C6, Z06 Corvettes. Yeah. And the cheapest one I could find was an 06 okay. with 74,000 miles. That okay. was an automatic But that just led me to the, can I push on your budget just a skosh? (laughs) Okay. Just a little bit, Scott. You might be able to get into the C6 generation Z06 because that would be the car. I mean, that would be your track monster. Mm -hmm. You could wrench on it. But then that might leave a garage space open. And, (laughs) you know, you could go a number of different ways. You could do the E36 M3 convertible. You could do that.
1: Maybe, but other coming a convertible that, Jen? Uh, maybe the it was e, just the E forty six. E forty six made a ton of convertibles. I don't know. If they did the E thirty six. Maybe they didn't. But I'm the E thirty six has got four door and two door. They do. They do. And that's and, and there's lots of them. That's why they're cheap mm-hmm. versus the E thirties, where there were none of them. The E thirty six they made a ton of them.
0: Mm-hmm. Agreed. And then I come back to the eighty six platform too. as your track car cheap? It's just it's cheap and it's disposable. And the problem Honestly. is your height, and I keep coming back to how about a Cayman? No, how about a nine nine six? Nine nine six was going to be my top choice for you, Scott. Yeah, but if you don't fit, you don't yeah, fit. Totally, don't buy a car that you don't fit in. Obviously, no. so I'm I'm liking these, but other than that, you know, you could go a bunch of different ways. But I'm actually. Spending all your money on a Corvette Z06 C6 generation and leaving a fourth garage slot open for the future. Wow, that's where I'm leaving it. You know, we—I wonder about a C5 uh, Z06 because those are cheap. Those are cheap, and that could actually do the trick too. Yeah. I mean, obviously a little bit less. I like the C6 generation better if you're going to. Yeah, okay. if, if pull you can swing it. And you can do swing it. it, sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I would love that direction better,
1: but I'm actually leaving a garage slot open. You, I, I am. I'm quite impressed. What do you for, think? First off, this evening, I'm recommending like classic cars, which I never do. And you're which leaving cool. garage space open and maybe money on the table. What's well, wrong with I'm us? I'm actually spending all the money
0: and a little bit more, and that means I have to leave a space open well, for okay. the future. because you got yourself stuck. Scott, you have to save a little bit more money because we're <laughs> going to fill it eventually. <laughs> all right. Well, if you've got your own debate, guys, write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com or on the website, everydaydriver.com. Really appreciate you guys writing in. You've inundated us and questions as well on social media, which we've got to jump to right now because There's, there
1: are some. There many. are honestly something in the neighborhood of 60 across all the platforms. Yes. And, and, and we'll probably cover, yes. let's be honest, maybe 10.
0: I hope to maybe I hope to go, do a lot here. But um, actually, there was a question from Devin B. on Facebook. Mm-hmm. He's asking if we could build our dream garage, the actual garage, not the cars in it. What tools and layout and all that stuff would you have in it? Mm. And interestingly, I, I wrote down all the ideas that I had about two or three years ago on my phone while I was oh, wow. on an airplane okay. flying somewhere. I just thought, oh, wouldn't it be cool to have that? Oh, wouldn't it be cool to have that? And honestly, I need to turn this into an article and write about this. You because should. I have a you huge should. list of features. Yeah. Way too long. I mean, I could go into all kinds of stuff. I've almost designed it in my head. Of course you have. I've met you. It takes property, like acreage. To fulfill this dream, wow! Because there is a track involved on the property, it goes that far, down. <laughs> garage, complete with track. It does. I love it. Do okay. that. I mean, it's almost like a little race school. But I, I'll save it for a surprise. Wow. I want to write all this down and publish publish that. So. I was
1: actually thinking just house garage, but I take your you've you've thrown down. I, I, I applaud mean, you. Yeah. This is
0: going to be plumbed air, you know, compressed air through the lines. It's
1: going to have a shop in it, <laughs> multiple lifts. I. I'd I'd be lucky to have like a four car garage that would that would thrill me I mean I would actually architects will have to be involved in this construction clearly, clearly I could build my own with sticks but anyway I take your point <laughs> uh, but actually my big thing is I would like to have about I would like to have about four slots okay. And one of the slots has got a really nice high-end four-post lift. Oh, it has to, yeah. Uh, that can go like that can go like six, seven feet in the air, so the car can get like up way above my head. Yeah. yeah. So that would be so it'd have to have extra extra roof space there, and I think that it would have to have some sort of man cave element definitely. on the edge, you know, definitely for sure. Yeah. Cool. All right, so we'll we'll
0: revisit that, Devin. Definitely. Um, what, what else is on your well, list? Well,
1: see, Mark wrote in. Mark B wrote in on Facebook. Uh, Mark. I have a long answer to your question. I'm going to try to be brief. You've said, you made the comment that I've talked about under my breath that I think autonomous cars are farther away than the media or the current kind of culture suggests they are. And you're starting to read other places, people saying the same thing. So you're saying, why do I feel that way? Why do I think they're farther away than they appear? I'm going to try to explain this quickly, but I'm going to go away from cars to do it. Okay. First off, I have to put this headline out there. Autonomous cars aren't here yet. We can all agree with that. The tech isn't here. Okay? The Tesla, the Tesla Autopilot is superb. It's really good. But technically, it's like a level two, maybe three-ish. Which yeah, means 2.5 or something.
0: Yeah, which means yeah.
1: that, that, that the definition of that is essentially it is, a, it is a, a, an autonomous car that works as long as it understands the situation. And the minute it gets confused, it throws up its hands. Right, right. Okay? A fully autonomous car, you don't ever have to get involved. That's that's the big difference. You don't ever have to be involved. Address to address, handles point handles to point, the end. So right? keep in mind, Tesla is... And if you've ever been in a Tesla doing autopilot, you will think that we're there already, but we're not. Because if you've been in a Tesla on autopilot, when it gives up, you suddenly go, oh, well, that's kind of simple. You just do... But it gives up. Mm. So keep in mind, we're not at that tech place yet. So from there, I'm going to jump away from cars to explain my thinking. Okay, When I was in college taking early editorial courses in the 90s. This makes me seem very old, but follow me. They wheeled in one day an, a high-definition, an HD television setup. Okay. They wheeled it into I'm the smiling class over here. in the early 90s, wheeled okay. it into the class. It was a tiny little screen, okay? Probably a 14 or 15-inch 16-by-9 screen, tiny. Wow, okay. Because, you know, it was cutting-edge tech. But it wasn't, it wasn't smoke and mirrors. Here it was showing us an actual HD signal. Okay. What actual HD signal from like the tech as it was going to be like the agreed upon HD standards it wasn't like we think we're going to do this. This what is how we're going to do the future. What we know now. This you're is saying? how HD is going to be done. Okay. So right. technology had been accomplished. Okay. It wasn't in my home. Let me rephrase. It wasn't in most people's homes with availability of you to just turn on HD programming for another 15 years. Okay. That's a great point. Now, why is that? Because the tech was done. The tech is here. The, the whole discussion in class that day was just, this is happening. It's right here. And I remember going, "Ah, oh, everything's going to change. But see, that's the problem. Mm. Because once they started to implement the tech, the FCC had to give all the stations waivers. Everybody moved around because everybody needed twice the bandwidth to broadcast over the air because the signal was so much bigger. The FCC had to handle that. Then they had to make – they put laws in place for more than a decade to make sure that one day you didn't just turn on your TV with your standard definition television and can't get a signal because everything just flipped HD. They made sure for more than 10 years – that it was simulcast. So every station, you may not even remember this, every station was simultaneously broadcasting yeah. in SD and HD. Yeah. Because if you were grandma with your little square television from 1950, you could still get the news. But it was also happening in a simulcast channel on HD. And that went on for five to ten years. While they warned everybody this is coming. Okay. Then they finally switched over and now everything is HD. Fifteen years to do that. Wow. Now, wow. a television... Not working is never going to kill anyone. True. Now I jump back to cars. Fair point. We're not there with the tech yet. We're not at Fair that point. HD in the room thing yet. We're not there. The standard doesn't exist and the tech doesn't exist. That, so that means the lawyers and the government haven't even gotten involved yet. Yeah. Yeah. So if the tech arrives in the next 18 months, which I don't think it will, we still have to get the lawyers And the government involved to make sure everybody's happy and their standards, this is a long way off. And that's why I say it. I'm with you.
0: And I'm also very intrigued by the fact that all this autonomous driving, despite Uber having their property way out on the East Coast in Philadelphia, I think it is, got an 11 acre campus or something like that where they're doing testing. Mm -hmm. Yes, it has weather out there. San Jose is weather free, it sprinkles occasionally, right? And Arizona. Come on, it's just hot, yeah, they're doing all this testing in weather free zones mm-hmm, essentially mm-hmm. there's no mud on the sensors or ice or snow or sure, 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 that has yet to come. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really like your point about the politicians haven't gotten involved yet because the tech is moving too fast to know what is to be regulated and the different Absolutely. scenarios that we'll come up with when you know we talk about you know will a car aim for one person on the street or a schoolyard full of children, or if something goes horribly wrong, you're programming morality, which isn't required
1: in in HDTV. Right.
0: Yeah. Right. So I think that stuff is going to move very fast. I mean, the tech moves now very fast anyway, even more so I feel like. And I think politicians are going to be far more intrigued and active in this. Uh, As a matter of fact, I found myself watching C-SPAN over the holiday break, what happened to you? Because there was a program on autonomous. It said mm. autonomous car driving, something along that those lines of the Los Angeles City Council discussing this, and I thought, okay, what is this? And it was recorded early December in 2017, huh. and it was everybody uh, discussing, you know, here's what's coming, and and how do we regulate the city? You know, what are we going to do from you know low income neighborhoods to high income neighborhoods yes. and all this yes. stuff. But there was a guy on there who was the co-creator, I believe, of Applied Minds. Okay. And he had this scenario that he came up with that was brilliant. And it is, let's make autonomous cars not run people over. Right? That seems pretty basic. Yeah. I don't want it to, by itself, run somebody over. Yeah. Well, what if there's a person standing in front of the car while another person is robbing you? You kind of want your car to go run that person over.
1: (laughs) It's these theoreticals that make me laugh so much. But they're
0: endless endless. with
1: autonomous cars. Yes, they are. And that
0: was a a fresh perspective that Mm -hmm. I admit I hadn't even thought of. Mm -hmm. I mean, you want that car to back away and decide and get out of their emergency mode, whatever that is. And that might include running that thief over. Yes. That's a horrible thought. But... There's so many things that happen in car driving and yes. the world that don't exist in televisions. If it shuts off, well, it breaks, whatever, to yeah. your point. Yeah. But what about all these, as you said, morality scenarios that we haven't even thought of? Mm-hmm. How do car companies, and they're all writing their own code. Mm-hmm. There is no standard yet, exactly. to my knowledge. Exactly right. Exactly right. Yikes. That's why I
1: brought up the HD thing, because by yeah. that point, I was looking at the standard already. Standard. It's standardized. Uh-huh. We just
0: got to get it into everybody's homes. Right. Everybody's writing a different scenario and what the machine learning will do Mm -hmm. to interpret this morality standard, Mm -hmm. and it interprets it differently. Nissan's writing their own code. GM, Ford, Porsche, Mitsubishi. Yes. Yes. Honda, Toyota,
1: on and on and on. And back to the HDSD thing. That's the best scenario I've got. The thing about that is we're not going to turn on one day and go, well, the tech is here, so everybody's now autonomous. We're going to have to have 10, 15, 20 years of regulation that allows you to have a non-autonomous car driving down the road next to somebody in a fully autonomous car. Right. Because they're not going to flip the switch like they didn't do with televisions, and it's going to be a sudden thing. The tech is going to be here decades before it's a reality on your road. That's what I'm saying. Right. And meanwhile, there's plenty of movies to be made Creating all these random
0: scenarios. F8 already had one. Yes. That was. Kind of hokey,
1: because... I would would go beyond kind of. Randomly, all of the cars of all kinds suddenly were under control. Yeah. 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 Cars that from the 60s that
0: could be now controlled. Everything. Everything Just happened. Air conditioner. Mm You connected the internet to your blueberry muffin,
1: and suddenly... You know it, man. This has a cup holder. I can hack it. That's apparently how it worked. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. Moving on to the next question on Instagram from Ken Arf, who asks, if we enjoy driving in poor weather. That's a good transition. I like it. Speaking of weather. Yeah. He likes to think that the average person does not enjoy driving in snowstorms, but a weird part of him thinks that enthusiasts, like all of you listening, enjoy this challenge. Mm -hmm. What would be the limit for you guys on poor weather driving conditions? Mm. Honestly, I don't know that there is a real limit. Maybe it's uh, just extended length of doing so, but Mm. I I like trying every type of limit. I mean, I grew up in Colorado, and and I I remember... (laughs) trying to hack the Jeep to direct the airflow onto the windshield and being able to drive through a, you know, (laughs) two inch by four inch hole that was undefrosted sure, or was defrosted. I I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah. And I just kind of prided myself on the skills of kind of knowing where cars were around me. And yet everything else on on my car was opaque. (laughs) I just had this little slot to drive through. That's funny. And... I, I enjoy the snow driving and the handbrake mm-hmm. turns and the feeling ice and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Now, is it dangerous? Yes, it's definitely absolutely, dangerous because absolutely. of the human factor and mm-hmm. other people aren't used to it and you know, it rains in LA and hit the four-wheel drive button, right?
1: For sure, for sure. And I actually agree with you. I actually love driving in the snow and I love driving in snow storms. Totally. It's awesome. When when the ent- all the lanes on the freeway are gone. It's just mm-hmm. this flat piece of earth. And the thing that never I never understand when, when you're in that scenario, invariably there is somebody you can look, you can watch their tracks. They were driving along the lane and then they suddenly just turned left and they went into the ditch. You can see their, tr- it's not like there's not even skid marks. It's just this perfect track. Like, did you just, did you, did you have you a stroke? Did you lose up. your mind? What happened? Because it's not like you, if, 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 if it was sliding marks. Right. I understand you hit a patch of something, but you can, perfect perfect tire tracks off into the now you've got your nose into the ditch. Quitter. I don't you know what, just drive <laughs> by. <laughs> Quitter. That's funny. I don't know what happened. I love driving this car. I will say there here's the limit though for me. Okay. I grew up in Houston. Yeah. Where you get yes. deluge rain. Oh. There is sure. a level of rain at speed that the highest I've experienced this, the highest setting on your wipers still isn't giving you visibility. Hmm. That's that's fun. the limit. Yeah, okay, I can see when that. When you get so much water that the wipers cannot keep up, it's time to call it. Mm. Because the whole thing about driving in the snow, you know, you know when you drive in the snow and it, it turns to screensaver, you know what I mean? Totally. When, when the snow's coming at you totally. and it's just all it is is that old 90s white screensaver. <laughs> exactly. That's your whole world. It's I kind of like that. I can, <laughs> it is 8-bit. The whole world's got 8-bit. That's, exactly. that, that's the podcast uh, title right there. But that's the thing. That's actually kind of fun. But when there's w- so much water... That you cannot actually see out. That's yeah. when you're just pulling over and you're done. No, I can hear that. Yeah. I, I definitely see that. All right. What else is on your list of stuff to, uh, to talk about here? Uh, let's see. Uh, our friend George, Mystic Negro, yes. wrote on IG. And he said, okay, he realizes, well, he's known this for a while, but he's fin- it's finally like settled. Uh, Road Atlanta is 15 minutes from him. <laughs> and he's, <laughs> this never is good, been, he's never been. He's never been. Like this. And people in his life, uh, some of his wife's friends specifically, have kind of scared him off of ever going. <laughs> so he's finally had enough. George is going to go to Road Atlanta, but he doesn't want to be stupid about this. Right. He's, you know, it's right. a big, scary track, so he doesn't want to just show up and be like, hi, I'm here. So he's actually pulled out the, the simulator, and he's driving Road Atlanta. Right, right. So he's asking us, once I start to kind of know the corners, how do I jump from Xbox Forza to Road Atlanta for real? How do I make that transition? He's asking us. How do you make that transition? I'm going to give you a, excellent. It actually. is a very good question. I'm going to give you a couple of thoughts. First off, honestly, drive Road Atlanta digitally until you you could almost call it for someone else. Until the sheep are driving it in your dreams. Seriously. So right? so you just you know it backwards and forwards. Yeah. Pay attention to. Hopefully you've got a good. Uh, the simulation in Forza is really good. Hopefully. Hopefully, you've got good uh, braking markers, you know, the 200, 150, 100, etc. Hopefully, those – pay attention to where those are. Yeah. Then when you get to the track for real, find an instructor because the biggest change is going to be you're going to show up and you're going to know the corners. You're going to know the corners. You're going to understand this is going to be that hard right coming up. Great. Fine. Oh, this is my breaking zone. Good. What you're not going to know because the game will never tell you is when you're there in the real world, what are your visual cues? And a guy that knows the track is going to know. Okay. Okay. Hang on. Hang on. See that tree in the background. Look at that tree. That's your marker for this. Right. And that tree. Here's the thing, George, that tree might be in your game, but you have no way to know that. Exactly. So you need to find a local when you get to the track for real. What's going to be interesting, the first time you go from Road Atlanta for real back to your game, you're going to be faster. Which is the cool part. That has happened to me every time I've done this because in the game, there's no consequences. So you'll be foot to the floor in places you won't be in real life. You'll try stuff out. But now you'll have in the game, you'll be using visual cues you got from real life. Get those real life visual cues from somebody that is a ringer at the track that's the big thing to help you take the I kind of know the corners to I kind of know how to drive this track. Excellent points. We've got
0: another great question for Alexander M. He's on Facebook asking, essentially, as much as you and I talk about modding out of class, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. why is it not recommended for all of us to do that, but it's okay for manufacturers to go do that? (laughs) Why is that fair? I like this question. He kind of phrases it like, you know an A3 for example starts at 31,000 mm-hmm. and most RS3s that you find at dealers now are 70 grand mm-hmm. so they're marked up of course and he's talking about a $70,000 car without power adjustable seats and why not just build a small platform that is track focused rather than modding up an A3 i get that that's mm-hmm. an excellent question why is it fair for Audi to go do this and the rest <laughs> of us shouldn't we should just go buy that car well first of all alexander there's things like warranty yeah, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. And the reason it's fair for car manufacturers to go do that is because they have engineers and designers and test people actually sorting the parts to work together. It's not the sway bar from this company and the brakes from that company yeah, and yeah, yeah. I've heard of that brand for the, you know, suspension mm-hmm. and I've heard of this for the seats and I'm kind of cobbling it together they have actually gone through and tested this and tracked the daylights out of it. And it does come with a warranty and all these things. So the parts are designed to work together well, which is why they can offer a warranty.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But all these things have been thoroughly tested and undergone, we hope, ideally, a a pretty decent amount of testing, all kinds of weather, all that stuff. They do that for every single model. Mm -hmm. So keep in mind, you have this army of engineers and designers and people that care about this car and have tuned it a certain way yes it costs way more and mm-hmm. yes the whole argument is i'm getting a whole lot less for way more money porsche is a prime culprit yes for sure yes, and i'm for calling sure. them out mm-hmm. because they they do this like crazy 911 t yeah hello <laughs> although it does have rear wheel steering i'm sorry but no on the sorry but go on. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah that is generally why it's okay for the car manufacturers the big boys to go do this even though i hate that you know those dealers are marking the heck out of those cars. I hate that. I hate the greed involved with that because they know they can. But again, it just comes down to the, the integration of all these parts and they choose it for specific reasons because they have in their mind, they know what, that car is supposed to do. They know Mm -hmm. what they're going to get out of that car and that's their goal. Whereas you and I are picking Brembo's and we're picking Recaro's and we're picking Bill Stevens and the brands that we know and who knows if they're sorted. Who knows if they're designed to all work in harmony.
1: And I don't care. Look, you can be the best. That's excellent. That's excellent. You can be the best wrench on the planet. Mm-hmm. But how long would it take you to do the amount of R and D and shakedown hours that a, that a manufacturer does because they have an army of people worried about just that—the
0: right equipment, the right track, mm-hmm. the right testing, all that kind of stuff, the right thoroughness, the right mm-hmm.
1: mindset—all those things—they've
0: kind of done it for you. Now
1: it doesn't mean, look, I know there are those of you that are yelling at the podcast. It doesn't mean you couldn't take <laughs> a lesser uh, a lesser Audi and crank it up. Oh sure, it doesn't you mean crank you can't it past take the RS3 no yeah, problem. Yeah, you can, that's obviously the thing about modding it yourself is you can take a yeah. lesser car and, and and crank it up, but that's the thing. You're doing it as kind of an experimental car now. Mm-hmm. You're kind of going, let's hope this works, and if it breaks, there's nobody to help you. Whereas if, if your, your brand new RS3 breaks, you call up Audi and you yell at them and they do something. Mm-hmm. You know? Theoretically, so, yes. Yeah, theoretically. So there is that. The other thing about it is, this is the other reason this happens is just sheer upsale yeah we have an A3 you, you like the A3 would you like to be a little bit faster can I show you an S3 I mean I know it's a little more money but, but it's an S3 now yeah and then you <laughs> like the S3 you know you, you, you really like that S3 when you bring it in for service you really like that S3 you, you like in that car have you seen the RS3 that's the other reason it exists because up sale is an awesome <laughs> awesome thing the main point is that emotions
0: tug directly at Visa and MasterCard of that's, course they those do those heartstrings mm-hmm. tug
1: directly on your bank account yep for sure alright what else is on here what else do you have Uh, let's see. Uh, damn it. Patton, one of my very favorite IG names, uh, (laughs) writes in and says, okay, he's asking a warm climate. I I like the irony of this. It's, it's, you know, less than freezing here, but he's asking a question about, Hey, warm climates. I drive in flip-flops. Uh, and he's saying, is it okay to kick off my flip-flops and drive barefoot? I'm going to say to you, please, please. (laughs) Because seriously, I think driving in flip-flops is a little bit spooky. To be honest I think that's mm-hmm. Yeah that think that's not good uh, I'm not a flip flops guy I will admit But I honestly I've driven barefoot Multiple times And it is kind of awesome And I even I, Like even sock feet Is cool Because the amount Of sensation That you get From pedals is awesome I And I would say to you I'd much prefer You were driving barefoot If I get in the car with you And you had on flip flops I'd much prefer You kicked him off And drove barefoot Than drove on your flip flops mm-hmm. And my wife I mean you know She's got all kinds Of flip flops She'll kick those off And drive barefoot I think that's great I will offer A slight counter argument
0: Okay in that, let's look at racing drivers. I know we're not all racing drivers doing this racing all the time, yeah, yeah. but the bed of a racing shoe is designed to distribute the weight and pressure of those pedals. Sure. Now, oh, I agree yeah. there is far significant more feel in terms of, I feel what that brake is doing. You can kind of curl your foot around the mm-hmm. edge of your yeah, foot yeah. to, you know, really reach the heel and toe thing. and But... Driving shoes are designed A to protect your feet. Yeah. But then to distribute the weight of that pressure and the sensitivity mm-hmm. across your entire foot, much like a ski. Mm-hmm. It distributes everything and theoretically gives you more control. Even though there's more feel, I feel like a shoe designed for that gives you more oh, control. Oh, I agree with that completely. I would so I slight I would say maybe it's just an addendum rather than a counter
1: argument. Well that's the thing. I I'm a guy that has driven barefoot, but would rather not. Hmm, I would rather sure. drive. I I have ended up buying that's the thing about this show as well. It's completely changed my shoe buying. Now I don't buy shoes very often, but, but I buy We I want, want buy, to change your shoe buying. It's very habits. strange. Dot I buy com. very narrow shoes because I drive tiny cars yeah. and I want to be able yeah. I want to have a thin sole and be able to feel the pedal. If you have a caterer, so seriously, yeah. your shoe buying experience, you, you know is how you entirely get, you know, different. No, there's whole people that, that sommeliers that do pairing of wine with food. Oh. We're going to start doing the pairing of shoes with car. That's an going to be a It's podcast. It, 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 it's a whole that separate podcast. I don't know That's what we also call that. in the title for this podcast, yeah. too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> eight, eight bits snow and, and, the, and the car sommelier. Moving on. Love no, it. but here's the thing all winter, I end up wearing winter shoes. Sure. And I kind of hate the fact that I feel like I've lost all of my connection with the pedals. Mm. And I actually drove the Lotus on Friday. Separate story. I drove the Lotus on Friday, and oh, I yes. and I purposely pulled out some of my typical driving shoes because my normal winter shoes. First off, wasn't sure if they're going to fit, and secondly, I was like, I don't want to drive this car in big, uh, big sold shoes.
0: Didn't something happen on Friday when you drove the Lotus? Did Lotus lessons. Did anything happen? Lotus
1: lessons. Uh, just curious. Yeah. Okay. So, so all right. So, fine. Uh, so, last <laughs> Friday. Yeah, exactly. Last Friday, it, for 10 days here, unfortunately, last last winter we had an unbelievable winter. This year it's been kind of lame so far. It's been a little bit cold, but it's been very dry. Yeah. So, yeah. for the last 10 days, there's been no moisture of any kind. All the snow that we got around Christmas has mostly melted. Every road, except for my driveway, is completely clear now. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, hey, Steve Urban, I want to give you a shout out for, for making me l- genuinely laugh. I posted a picture of the Lotus parked on my still snowy driveway. While well, I guarantee you literally 10 feet from that photo, every road is dry, but parked on my driveway. And his caption was, are you defrosting your driveway? Because it was a little <laughs> patch of, de- of of defrosted totally. concrete there. Love that. That's and anyway, all Lotus is a good for. Exactly. So, so I broke the Lotus out and just thought, you know what? It's going to be, it was like 30 degrees is the low and like almost 50 for the high. I said, I'm just going to drive it on Friday. So I took it down to Salt Lake and it's awesome. I love it. It's just it was great to be in it and just be like, this is so cool because I've been enjoying the mini. Yeah. No, I know. I know. So I get. I take the back way into Salt Lake. I come down this back road and I drop into Salt Lake right by the University of Utah, and I come up to the light. I'm the first car at the light in my lane, and the light turns green and I take off from the light. And and please don't get me wrong, I've come off the fun road. I'm now in the city. Right. Right. I'm right. I'm I'm very much in the headspace now of defense. Okay. I am a tiny car. I'm the smallest, weirdest thing on the road in the middle of the winter. You are a bit of a target. Yes. So I just want to be careful. I'm not trying to be a hooner at all. So I take off, first gear, halfway up, second gear, and right about that point I'm in second gear and about halfway up, I notice like three blocks ahead of me, Salt Lake police officer parked watching that road. And I look down and notice that I'm doing in the 40s in a 30 zone. Yeesh. And I had that cop experience where I haven't even reached him yet. I haven't even reached him yet. Oh, and of course, no. I'm foot off the gas now. I haven't even reached him yet, and he turns on his lights. Oh no! I, I it's Ugh. it's me. I'm the guy in the bright yellow missile. I get it. Suck. Pulls me over into a parking lot. Walks up to the car and goes. <laughs> walks up to the car and goes. What engines in this? Seriously? What engines in this? I said yeah. So I told him. It was, How far? Yeah. You could have taken that pretty far though. Yeah. <laughs> told <laughs> him, <laughs> him a couple things, your car and- Told him a couple things about it. And he goes, Is it a turbo? And I said, No, it's not. And I told him about the, the extra cam and all that. But at this point, <laughs> No, it's really low power as a matter of fact, exactly. officer. I was going I was slower in, than you think. handing <laughs> him my license. He goes back, he writes me a ticket. He writes me a ticket. <laughs> he didn't he didn't give me a freebie. I actually wondered with the whole car questions. I kind of wondered, is this really gonna go in my favor? No. It was I was in the forties, and the thirties, wrote me a ticket. Um He was very nice about it. I was absolutely in the wrong. The thing about it is it was just a stupid ticket. It wasn't like I got a ticket for driving fast for fun. I just was in second gear. I left the light, and now I got a ticket. Uh, It was dumb. And I also laughed because I looked at the ticket later in detail. You know, you're supposed to fill out the ticket, right? Right, right. The only thing it says about the car is Lotus. (laughs) Just no color, no model, just Lotus because honestly – what, what else did you need to put on exactly. there? Exactly. What more is there to say? So license number and, and Lotus. Yeah. So anyway, so I looked up today to pay that ticket. Yikes. Want to take a guess?
0: I'm going to say, what was the speed again? What, what, what did he write you up for and what was the speed
1: limit? Uh, Tell me well, again. that's the other thing about it. Is the ticket was 44 44 in a 30. Okay. And he, but, he, but it had two different blocks. Two different blocks. One was, what was the speed? Which he filled that in like that. The other was speed was... Miles over where he put five, which he told me, he's like, I wrote you for five over. But I'm sitting here but, going, did you fill out both with the? I wasn't good I, at math in school. I, officer, but- I'm terrible at math,
0: but those do not add up. But anyway, yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna guess uh, 150 bucks.
1: It's a good guess. It was 120. Okay, all right. I was, was maybe high, but yeah. yow. Yeah. That stinks. And, and, and you and I joke a lot of times about you have to pay to play. This is the reality of driving cars and driving cars fast. Sometimes you get nicked and you deserve it and you pay your fine and you move on. This is life, okay? Yeah, there's, yeah. there's no getting mad about it. It just is. I called my wife. She laughed at me. Oh, no. She, she genuinely <laughs> laughed at me. She said, there you go. Glad you drove your fun car today. Congratulations. Well, well done, at least sir.
0: both you and I have now gotten the ticket. Yeah,
1: the inaugural but, ticket's over with. I guess. In both of our cars. So anyway, so, so I had to laugh about that but uh, because she was laughing at me. I mean... That's the thing. You call up the wife with a situation like that, and and you're not sure how that's going to go. And she just, her first gut reaction, she just laughed at me. She was like, that's hysterical. That's funny. Bravo. Well done, Todd. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah. So yeah, 120 bucks for stupid. And here's the thing. If it had been 120 bucks for fast fun, you know what? I'll pay my fine. Sure. 120 bucks for stupid, leaving the light. It's worse. Oh, man. Anyway, yeah. Lotus lesson of the moment.
0: Guys, thank you so much for writing in to us. We always appreciate it. And I'm glad if you found us, really, really appreciate it. Please rate and review. Many of you have been doing that. And it's boosted the podcast tremendously in the ratings. Really appreciate it. We're looking forward to We've got one more podcast before Season 2, or Episode 2, is on Velocity on Saturday morning, 7.30 Eastern. Just a reminder, and again, thanks to our sponsors for making it happen. Mm -hmm. Those are Covercraft. Grio's Garage and Auto Tempest. Mm-hmm. Thank
1: you to all of our sponsors for those. And remember the discounts you can get from both Covercraft and Grio's. Yes. Covercraft is giving free shipping and the stuff you get from them is big. Free shipping in the US with the with the code everyday. And Grio's 10% off to our audience. We've already had some of you said you bought stuff. Honestly, I'm ready to buy stuff because I need more too. Their stuff is amazing. Honestly, there this should be their tagline. <laughs> How to keep your car certified paul owned is Grio's. That's the reality of it. 10% off stuff from there with the code everyday.
0: Bring it. All right, guys. Looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.
2: Hey, it's Shaq, your official spokesperson for Podcast One Sportsnet. In 2019, is starting off in a very big way, thanks to my friends and exclusive partners, BetOnline.ag. I'm not sure what kind of gift you got this holiday season, but I'm betting <laughs> it's not as good as an all-expenses-paid trip to the big game. That's right, we're talking round trip flight, hotel, VIP tailgate party, and tickets to the big game for you and the guests here in my town of Atlanta, Georgia. How do you enter? Simple. Go to BetOnline.ag. Sign up for a BetOnline.ag account. Account. Use the promo code Game and enter in the contest. Our exclusive partners at BetOnline.ag have the golden tickets to the big Game. Don't miss out. This promotion ends January 28th. Visit BetOnline.ag today for all the details and use the promo code BITGAME. Game GAME. GAME.